Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and this week also motorhomes. I've... Uh... What have you done? <laughs> what? what have you done? <laughs> Ivor. <laughs> I've, I've got some new working at home trousers. <laughs> so, is that what you honestly were going to say? You've got I, some working at home trousers. <laughs> I've got some new working on. at home trousers. Working at home trousers are, are the same as normal trousers, unless they, I think, are going to do gardening or DIY, in which case you know you're going to get something splattered on them or the knees are going to get torn. Well, I mean, any trouser can be a working-at-home trouser if you wear it while you're working at home. And obviously one of the joys of working at home is that if you really wanted to, you don't have to wear trousers at all. But um, I, I choose to wear trousers when I'm working at home. Um, it gives a sense of more dignity. And I have bought some new working-at-home trousers because obviously there's a lot of working at home, has mm. been this year, even mm-hmm. for someone like me who works at home a lot anyway. But you know what I mean with working-at-home trousers? are sort of more casual... A casual loose trouser, perhaps a jogger bottom. I've never really been into the jogger bottoms, but I had a pair in the wardrobe Ooh. and I started wearing them. And even my son, who's six, went, Daddy, those trousers are not cool. <laughs> because they were a jogger style, but they were very loose to the to the ground. Like yeah, they were, I they were like the a sort of they were very like a sort of loose chino cut. Were they the sort of trouser that if you were an accomplished judo person um, you'd practice in them. Yes, yes, they yeah. did have a sort of judo vibe to them, but they were yeah. blue. The thing and is, it's not tracky, good. I, and we've said it before, but I tread so carefully with tracky bottoms. I only wear. I've got a pair of tracky bottoms which I think has got paint on on them, but I only wear them when I'm really ill. You know, like fluey ill, oh, where you don't yes. care what the world is doing yeah you just have to go back to bed <laughs> those that's the only time i wear those trousers but you know like normally you just demote what were good trousers to the all oh, these probably aren't presentable enough to leave the house in oh you know like me a pair of jeans that i loved but maybe fashion has seen them off or mm. uh, time has seen them off so now i just use them for gardening in the same way that once a very grand um expensive vehicle um suddenly becomes a sort of 400 quid dog car have you noticed that it's the same relation you know you go oh look oh i'm wearing a pair of circa 1998 armani jeans these were 170 quid back then (laughs) and i'm now painting my house in them because i don't care anymore in fact i wore a pair of white armani jeans on a fancy dress uh, New Year's Eve party, I probably told you this, dressed as Freddie Mercury, and I put a red stripe down either side of them, and I accidentally dropped an entire oat, freshly opened bottle of wine on myself. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I looked like Freddie Mercury had kind of stabbed himself in the groin for the rest of the night. <laughs> 
so you know uh, but yeah, why do you always have trouser disaster stories i don't have any that i can think of off the top of my head and, and here's you it's like there's a there's a trouser story for every occasion i don't know actually it's a really good point i told you about i told you about jason plato's um visible nipple t-shirt on, <laughs> on, on fifth gear once don't tell you about that <laughs> he turned up on this shoot and he was wearing like a pat- quite an interestingly patterned t-shirt the sort of t-shirt which I would have thought that's not what Jason would normally wear you know the kind of t-shirt that someone a charity has had commissioned and you buy one and there's a donation that goes to charity but it was quite funky don't get me wrong don't get me wrong and Flato was wearing it okay and he just kept going. What do you think of my shirt? And we were like, Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's quite nice actually. What, what's it all about? He was just. And he had that flash in his eye that he sometimes has, where he's he's looking for mischief. <laughs> and it turns out, after a couple of pieces to camera that we did that day, that one of his nipples, um, there's a there was a, a complete hole the size of his whole nipple and areoli. Um, so part of the pattern, if you look closely, was his bare nipple. And no one, had, no one had really noticed. And we were uh, like, what on earth has happened here? And he went, I, I genuinely don't know. I got it out of the drawer once and someone's either cut a hole that's perfectly <laughs> in my nipple place or it's got torn. He said, I don't know, but I'm just going to keep wearing it to see if people notice. And that's that. He just wore it for the rest of the day with his nip out. <laughs> thinking it was hilarious. He was doing like, you know, fast cornering shots with an exposed <laughs> nipple. Um, I was going to say, because you remember what car so that people can look it up on YouTube. But I don't know. I mean, if you're listening and you really want to see Jason Plato's nipple, they probably need to have a little look at yourself. To be honest, if you want to do that, just go on social media and ask him. He'll probably just do a quick snap in his kitchen. <laughs> he, just, he just will because he is Jason Plato. Oh, um, but yeah, the whole dog car thing is like the old trousers thing. It's definitely. Yes. I do sort of feel sorry for some cars which you, which are blatantly bought to transport hounds. And I know you had one. You had a, effectively had a dog car, didn't you? Yeah, point. I had that Jeep Cherokee. Yeah, yeah. And I I do see some cars, and I think oh, I know at some point somebody paid like forty grand for that. For some and, reason, I can't get beyond picturing a first generation but facelifted. Ford Mondeo Gear X estate. Oh, high spec. High Very, spec. Yeah. High, highest of the specs at the time. Bought yeah. brand new. Now imagine, because you see cars like that when they've become a dog car and they're shabby. And in the case of the Mondeo, inevitably it's got that sort of you know, damaged bumpers that they all have <laughs> with a load of gaff. Yeah. And yeah. it's ruined. You know, it's basically, it's shabby. It's on its last legs, but it's clinging to life and it's doing good service in the role of a dog car. And you just go, once upon a time, that came off a production line, absolutely glistening, pristine, and it smelt new exactly. instead of smelling of seven Bedlington Terriers. And it's that sort of slow decline in the life of a car that you know doesn't really have a great deal of value as it depreciates. It sort of just becomes increasingly valueless, and and then it ends up just being treated with no respect and it's sort of sad in a way it's very sad i mean it's the same with small town um tradesmen who don't commit <laughs> commit to the van because they oh, just yeah. think what's the point what's the point in buying a van because they're always tired secondhand vans when i could just go and buy a secondhand focus gear 
estate yeah. <laughs> and put, put a rack on the roof and put the back yeah. seats down and that's it and I see so many of those around and I think those are the those are the unsung automotive heroes those cars yeah. they've got they've, they've been bought new and they were probably quite expensive and then they've been used as a normal car and maybe worshipped a little bit and, and garaged and washed by old, old people then sadly usually what happens is an old person passes away the person doesn't want the car anymore and and then it gets into the hands of in this case the one i'm thinking of um the bloke that used to drink habitually at the green man inn near me who had a very large nose we nicknamed him the bfg because his <laughs> nose was that big and he used to drive a vectra estate and it was a high spec i think it might have been a v6 actually oh my god yeah but it had um a roof rack on it constantly with um window cleaning gear in it right and the the back seat area he didn't even put a tarp down or anything it just was full of spilt chemicals and all sorts of horrible nonsense oh well painter and decorators are the worst for that aren't you, you get you yeah. know some bloke will come around to do a bit of bit of touching up on your wainscoting and they'll um and they'll have like a you know a, a a very what would have been a very very high spec passat or something and when they yeah. open the back the boot carpet's all covered in paint spills oh it's awful because you know they're running a business and they, they, they i suppose you know you've got to watch your overheads you're not going to go and splash out you're not going to get a T6 van with a body kit, are you? Well, no, but you're not even going to go and buy a boot liner because you could probably get a kind of, you know, Volkswagen-approved accessory plastic boot liner for a car like that at the time. There's mm. probably one kicking around on eBay, but it's also probably 20, 30 quid. And you're like, well, why well, do that when I could just let the paint soak into the boot carpet? <laughs> well, that's that's I, what I'd like to do. I'd like it to get to the point where you see things like Ferrari FFs being used for that. <laughs> you know, wouldn't it be I awesome? I reckon in Kensington you might see that. Yeah, just, just, yeah, a paint, a paint scarred FF. The real mark of a painter and decorator estate car is if you've got a little painty dribble down the back bumper. Oh yeah, you've you've knocked a can over whilst mixing or something on the back. Mm. Well, hang on, if you if you lived in Monte Carlo. A short, I mean, a painter and decorator in Monte Carlo, who's, you know, he's not he's not doing brilliantly well, but he's doing okay. But of course, there's a surplus of probably quite high end cars that you know people either go financially pop or, yeah, I don't know. They they did a good turn for a, an, an an elderly lady who was quite wealthy, and she just gave them a car and <laughs> she, went, oh, just yeah, have or this. she left them an apartment or something. Yeah, do you Suddenly. know what I mean? So they so what would they drive around in? One of those Sultan of Brunei Ferrari four five six estates. <laughs> they make about oh, seven or eight of them, yeah. so they're spare. Can you imagine one of those with blue emulsion splattered all over? It? it would just be. Do you know what? That would make a really good vinyl wrap. You know those vinyl wraps which you can make your car look like it's got loads of dirt and like Le Mans racing livery on it, and it's just a yeah, brand yeah. new AMG GT or something. You could do a sort of painter and decorator style uh, <laughs> vinyl wrap. Do you that think would, there's a lot of call for that? Hey, I'd have one on, on a Ferrari GTC Lusso, GTC4 Lusso. Uh, absolutely. I'd even have some pretend scratches and dents and <laughs> I don't know. What was the bloke from? <laughs> a mismatched front wing as well. Oh, it, it would have to have a like mismatched front wing. You've been to a scrappy wing. and got a replacement front wing. Oh, I'd love that. that from a Ferrari. And a, and what, and a, and a penis-shaped um, <laughs> coat hanger aerial. It's always <laughs> That would look so good on a Ferrari 
GTC Lusso that's about four years old. Also, one of the wheels would be a space saver, and it's been like that for about half a year. So you're just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just too busy, mate. I'm just too busy. I've just, I've put it on there. I don't I only drive it around town. I've, I've, I never really drive far in it. So, so what you're proposing? Now, perhaps this could be a new line of um, merch through your car pervert brand. Um, you're proposing soul trader vinyl wraps so, yeah, for high end cars soul trader vinyl wraps for high end luxury cars you've got that the really, tradesman wrap is, yes. is where you're going okay yeah okay you know what i mean so you could have obviously things like trotters independent trading yellow oh it's a bit obvious isn't it's, it it's ob- look it's obvious i know i know i know i just Do you know what, uh, if they did that show now yeah what, what amusing car would they have what the, what would the only fools and horses oh, brothers? That's a good question. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, <clears> the Reliant is just too on the nose, isn't it? It's just that's such a sort of default comedy car for people with no imagination. It's like you couldn't go there. So no, I don't and it doesn't whether... exist really anymore, does it? You can't well, no, that's anymore. the thing. You'd have to get a really late one. It's just not going to work. But um, I, I don't What'd know. You, you could probably. I mean, still, Bedford Rascals got some residual comedy <laughs> left in it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Or I've seen. Uh, there's a little garage around the corner from my place that fixes up cars and the other day parked outside there going ready to go for some work there was one of those i can't even remember what the name of the company is it's a chinese company that made a sort of rascal size van and it has faux bmw nostrils on it oh they, remember they, who it is, is they, it they were, someone? some of those are badged as piaggios yes um, and Hang I on, think gonna... Piaggio bought them in from China and they have the faux BMW 3 Series grills. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's the nice old-fashioned BMW nose rather than... Um, Do you know what? The, 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 the irony is, is the front of that looks better than the front of the BMW M4 right now. Indeed. Isn't but that... what I like, what I like about those little vans, and I noticed this one that was parked around the corner the other day, particularly because I, as I came around the corner, it was parked side on. So I got a really good view of the fact that it looks like the wheelbase has been put on the wrong way round because it's got a very <laughs> short front overhang and a very or relatively long back one. Back and those mini vans usually have quite a f- long front overhang and, and then a stubby rear one. So it just looks like they've put it on the chassis the wrong way around. The chassis switched it by accident. Um, and I don't know whether that's... But I'm not sure they're comical enough because they actually sit... What made the rascal funny is that they sort of look wider in the middle than they do at the bottom yeah and these don't these sit quite squat on the road so i don't know i'm going to say rascal unless you can think of anything better i'm trying to think of something that's sort of in production that um just is a bit weird because i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, a van it could be a car that's just kind of murdered into a van like well, we now, say in the painter and decorator spec hang on a sec the when Only Fools and Horses started, which would have been, what, in the early 80s? Yeah, very early 80s, I think. Um, the It was a Reliant Regal van, wasn't it, I think? It was a Reliant Regal Supervan 3, or they might have just called it a Supervan 3, because everyone says it's a Robin, but it isn't a Robin. Yeah. It's definitely a Regal slash Supervan, because um, I've driven the original one. What? I've driven it. 
Um, who's, what, oh, is it, it was, it's one of these ones that was in the Cars of the Star Museum. It was the it was the Cumbria. one. It was either the one that was in that. There, there were two vans originally. One was for promo, and one was, or one was for sort of the characters sitting in the van, and one was for driving past on Only Fools and Horses. And and the boxer Ricky Hatton. Do you remember Ricky Hatton? Yeah. <clears throat> he bought one at auction and paid a lot of money for it because he's obsessed with Only Fools and Horses to the point <laughs> where he can quote any line on almost any episode of any series. What? And uh, Yeah, and I, I met him and we did a, we filmed with him on Fifth Gear years ago. Um, as a present, we recommissioned his regal van because it hadn't been on the road for a, a long time. It had just been on display somewhere. Right. And I... I took it out on the road with him for the first time when it when we picked it up from the Reliance Specialist. And it was absolutely hilarious. We actually drove it from the Specialist to his gym. He just had a gym that uh, opened up because he was going for another boxing um, belt championship. And I did a bit of traitor sparring with him. It was an extremely... You sparred with Ricky Hatton? It was the closest to my sort of car version of Louis Theroux that I could have got. It was, yeah, I felt very scared because he was just Fucking toying hell, with me. he could have killed yeah. you. Yeah, he could have done. He actually said that to me. I was talking so I'll tell you to about the that camera. happened to a mate of mine. Um, he, he, got, he got talking to one of the other dads at the school gate. And, this, and he said to me, like, oh, you, you, you're looking in good shape, mate. What's going on? And he went, oh, I've started, um, I've started boxing. I've started doing a bit of boxing at the local gym. It's a proper little boxing gym um, where they live in um, North London. And he went, you should come down sometime. Come down. And you can, just, just, there's no, no obligation. Just come down and do a little try. You can do a bit of sparring or something like that. And, uh, and you know, see if you like it. It's a really good way to get in shape. And my mate's like, yeah. oh, I quite fancy that. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper. Goes down and it is. It's proper, like, no no fancy trimmings. It's just a proper old school boxing Salt gym. Salt of the earth, yeah. And and he got in the ring with this guy. And they just did a bit of sparring. And then this bloke socked him in the gut. <laughs> and, what? So, yeah, yeah. And knocked the wind out of him properly. Like, you know, like, can't breathe, kind of, oh, shit. I might need an ambulance kind of thing. And that's it. He didn't go back after that. Oh my gosh! Got, got properly walloped. Yeah, it's really dangerous. Sort of bullying, isn't it? Well, I don't think the guy did it deliberately. I can't remember if it was the instructor or the other dad that did it, but yeah, someone socked him in the gut, and it really knocked the stuffing out of him, almost literally. So yeah, you could have been killed by Ricky Hatton. I mean, oh yeah, he did he, do he, a he. Yeah, when I was on the pads with him, yeah, we were. Oh it, bloody it, hell! Yeah, he was quite scary. Um, Reliant Regal Supervan Three is the correct name. And okay. it looks like the, the one that was in the Cars the Star Museum is now in the National Motor Museum. Oh, okay. And uh, But Ricky, I don't know, I'd love to know if Ricky Hatton still has... I kept in touch with Ricky Hatton and his manager <laughs> for a couple of years really? after the shoot. Yeah, because his manager took me to one side and said, Ricky's actually looking for a Capri gear as well. Oh. Uh, as like a, you know, to, to, to make well, a replica. Because the original cause Boise one... had one. Well, Delboy Del Del bought one for his missus or the oh, cap, okay. remember the Capri gear, as he called it. And wasn't it, was it fluorescent green? It had like angel hair interior and dice. <laughs> I mean, it was terrible. But yeah. um, the original car in the in the the, the comedy doesn't exist. So he, I, I said, well, I could help you make an accurate one, find the right year of car and the right spec. And so, uh, but yeah, I time got in the way maybe i should get back in touch with ricky hatton Why he was a, he was he was a lovely guy I have to say yeah it was, was great entertainment well yeah. now so <laughs> only Fools and horses the 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 regal supervan three in the show 
yeah. was late 60s, I yes. think, wasn't it? And the show started in the early 80s. So, sake of argument, that was a 15-year-old Shit van when they started. <clears throat> so, really, yeah. if you were starting from scratch to make Only Falls and Horses now, they would be driving a 2005-ish van. Oh, we're that's, being very accurate. Some, we're being very accurate. Some, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to work this, work, work this backwards. 2005 era. A comedy van from 2005. Now, they didn't make Rascals by then, did they? I don't think they they, they wrapped up by then. I think that would have the Rascals would have ended in the 90s. All those kind of cab-forwardy sort of vans, I think, had to fuck off because of <laughs> crash safety, didn't they? <laughs> I mean, you can still buy a Piaggio Ape... But I mean, they uh, are—they're not really a proper van, are they? They're a tricycle, um, yeah. which you sell coffee out of. Um, <laughs> it's not really. That's an, coffee John, that's, must repeat must be overpriced. That's the only thing I was going to bring up in in our podcast today was like alternative mobile barista vehicles. Um, off the back of that lovely eBay link that I sent you about ten minutes before we started recording, so because uh, I thought. Hang on, people are missing a trick with barista vehicles. I mean, a hearse would be ideal. That, no, but that hearse was deranged. Ex- explain, <laughs> explain the extraordinary thing that you sent me. It's a Japanese ceremonial hearse with what looks like um, a small temple put on the back of a a Cadillac um, that has a dragon on the roof and gold leaf very ornate plaster work you know like the ceiling of a um of the sistine chapel or something um <clears throat> or st paul's cathedral uh but yeah like it had little opening doors at the back um with obviously where the, the coffin goes but i thought you could have a fantastic um barista spec coffee machine going on in there with lots of cubby holes for beans and uh, I don't know mm-hmm. syrups. What, what, whatever. Syrups. <laughs> when yeah. I'm saying syrups, I don't mean the Cockney rhyming slang syrup of thick, which still <laughs> it's still still is one of my favourite terms. People saying he's wearing a syrup. He's got a syrup on, mate. <laughs> if if foreigners are listening to this podcast, syrup of fig is Cockney rhyming slang for wig. Which doesn't make any sense as a British person, let alone as a foreign yeah. person. But <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, the thing we should explain about Cockney rhyming slang is that it, nobody it, does it. It's yeah. No, well, it's weird how people sort of do though, don't they? It's like it's seeped into national consciousness because you might say you do still hear people say, probably of a certain generation, they might say even if they're not from the east of London, they they might say like um, Umi Chalfonts. For piles, oh, yes, Chalfonts and Giles. Chalfonts and Giles. <laughs> <laughs> we used to make up rhyming slang in my old flat when I was um, when I was a student. The flat I lived in in third year, we we used to make up rhyming slang that for things that there wasn't, or we believed there wasn't rhyming slang for that using shit celebrities. Um, I can remember is um, is Rodney Buse for shoes. <laughs> You idiot. We were quite bored. It's before the you internet. absolute idiot. I remember um, well, as far as I went, is one of the one of the producers on Fifth Gear, um, who who's still around actually, very much so. Um and maybe he won't mind me saying, is his surname is Smiles, so I used to call him Gypsy because um Gypsy Smiles is um, another word for piles. 
another term for pals. So we, is we it? Just used to, yeah, Gypsy Smiles. I'm sure is is, is pals, and and so we just used to, we just used to call him Gypsy, and even even Tiff used to go, "Aye, where's Gypsy? Get Gypsy on there. I'm looking for a double espresso. Gypsy, where are you? Hang on a minute. Isn't Gypsy's kiss piss? Oh, oh, hang on. Or Gypsy's I, riddle piddle, maybe. I'm sure people go Cockney's go. I'm just going for a Gypsy. Oh, hang on. Let me. Uh, call. I didn't realise we'd go down Cockney. Rhyming offensive. slang. It might be offensive, but we didn't make it up, so I think no, it's okay. No, blame Cockneys. Just... Take this up with Cockneys. Um, I'm just having a little braz, a braz, as they say um, in Cockneys speak. Um, is Gypsy Smiles piles? I don't know. I'm, I'm busy looking at vans now. I'm looking at. Oh, so I've basically, I've just gone right on Auto Trader vans. I've just set the limit at 2005. Any van from 2005. Um, and. They're I'm saddened to report boring. there are no yeah there are no funny vans. What about a Renault Extra? Um, oh no, a Citroen oh. C15. Citroen yes. C15. Yes. Oh god, I'm glad I got that off my chest. I knew there was a there was a. But the thing is about a Citroen. I mean, they're C15 not sort of outright is, comedy. They're just and they're quite good, aren't they? As vans they are, like in their day, they're amazing. If anyone out there's ever driven one, they are so good. Oh, have you driven one? Yeah, a friend of mine's had a string of them. He won't he won't go for anything else. He scours periodically the classifieds because he's always looking for like a more mint example so he can upgrade <laughs> there's no c there's no c15s on um on auto trader at the moment a c15 a late one uh, that yeah. isn't rusty is worth money because they used to be used by all the courier companies around london um yeah. because they could well, fit an enormous lo- uh, stuff in for a short wheelbase i think or yeah a mate of mine used to run a courier company back in the i guess early 90s and he said that he used to swear by the c15s he absolutely c- loved them c15s. They, were, they were dependable get loads in them cheap cheap to run there's uh there's one on ebay for um £1,095 C15 Champ It seems expensive um, Do you think? I don't know but, <laughs> Yeah, well I know how much my mate paid for his for, oh, okay. In fact the last two of his But then my mate prides himself on scouring for a long time Yeah, And um, it tends to not pay more than about £400 so um, this is a bit dinged up. Oh my god, it's rusty <laughs> as fuck. This one's on. There you go. You see, they're, they're, they're a precious far commodity. too much money for a rusty. Look, it's just it's got like a tide mark around it, where it's all just got rot. But oh, um, I'd like it's a, funny. I'd like a Roma home version. You know, the really well, really lonely person's camper van. I've got some good news for you because there's one on eBay here. Um, it's a Roma home. It was a Roma home, yeah. Oh, sure. And it's it's <laughs> it's got the most fantastically. You know when people on eBay just run loads of words together in what would be a sentence if it made any fucking sense <laughs> in the title of the ad. So this one says Roma Home Halo Citroen C15 Motorhome Propex Heating Bluetooth Fridge Cooker Sink Bluetooth Fridge. So is, is what are you talking about? Fridge? <laughs> <laughs> no one does anybody have a Bluetooth fridge in a camper yeah, so you van? Go, oh, well, have you got any cheese left? Hang on, I'll look on my phone. You could just walk over there. Nah, can't be bothered. Uh, yeah, Roma Home Halo Citroen C15 Motorhome Propex Heating Bluetooth Fridge Cooker. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! So, if you want that, the current bid as we speak is uh, nineteen hundred and fifty-one pounds. Bloody hell! Well, I know that 
motorhomes have become a fairly precious commodity in um, the, in the world of 2020 that we live in. Have they? Yeah, I think so, because... Oh, sorry, there's a wonderful photo on this ad of it um, half into a garage with, the, with showing that it can get under a sort of regular kind of garage door setup. Half wonderful in attention a garage. <laughs> yeah, because it's got a fold-down... Um, you know, it's got a fold-down... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company united healthcare insurance plans offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more one of these plans may be right for you if you're say between jobs coming off your parents plan turning a side hustle into a full hustle or even missed open enrollment Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Ruth, what would you call it? Pop top. A pop top. Yeah. Pop top. I, I actually, I mean, they are they are the motorhome for the lonely. Um, the hermit spec motorhome. You've got that and you've got the, the Bedford Bambi, which is the or the <laughs> Bedford Rascal. Do you remember the Bedford Bambi? <laughs> oh, oh, if no. anyone's never heard of one, you must look one up. The Bedford Bambi can, I mean, not even one person can successfully sleep in it, let alone it more than one. But they were, they were, I think they were called the Bedford Bambi. Yes, they are. I've just looked one up just to check. Oh, my shitting hell, they're worth real money now. Like what? Well, one's for sale on here for five grand. What? Five thousand pounds. Ruddy hell. What, one I mean, of them, and there's another one for a grand at the moment, which has had a few bids, and it says um, original Bambi Motone project, no MOT, toilet and awning. Does that mean it doesn't have an awning or a toilet, or does that mean it has no MOT and it does have a toilet People, and an awning? are you not... I can't remember. Are you not allowed to use punctuation in eBay titles, or are they just... You must be. I'm sure you can. No, it's just verbal. You can verbal. hyphenate. It's verbal, verbal nonsense, isn't it? <clears throat> um, I'll give you a few. I'll give you a few more details on this Roma home because I feel like I could tip you into buying it quite easily if I don't, wanted to. Please don't. Uh, Citroen C15 Roma home, high high low motorhome with Propex blown air heating, 1994. When roof is low, fits in my standard garage. Bulletproof 1.7 liter diesel engine, yeah. 180,000 miles. Two single beds or big double. Also small bed at top for child. No way. It's got three beds in it. Apparently so. So you see, wow. not, not so lonely. Um, everything fully working. Uh, no visible rust. Mm, yes, visible. But mm. uh, it has uh, one Electrolux three-way fridge. Two gas hob. Oh, I see. They've numbered all these things. Recent. I thought batteries. this was a song by New Dua, Dua Lipa. Yeah, <laughs> one Electrolux fridge. Two gas hob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dua, are you just listing uh, the characteristics of a Citroen C15 Roma home? Might be. No, I'm sponsored by Auto Trader, so I'm now just listing the specs of girls <laughs> in all my hit songs. Oh my god, she's just going through the spec on a 2012 Skoda Superb Estate. 
Three, would you, what would you Bluetooth go for? Stereo. Would you go what? for if you had I'd to sleep in a Skoda Superb estate? I think now I've mentioned it. Would you, you go do that? Couldn't you? Well, would you do Bedford Bambi? And I know when you're talking about tiny little semi-pointless motorhomes, they also had um, Honda Acti did one, didn't they? Uh, the, do you remember the Honda Act? The I'm beautiful. Out of my depth the, here, mate. I'll are tell you? you? I don't. I don't know anything about motorhomes. Like, what I do know is I, I, I would be motorhomes. very, very reluctant to buy a second-hand motorhome. I happily buy a second-hand car <clears> and sit in someone else's farts and skin flakes and stuff. But somehow, <laughs> a motorhome <laughs> makes me shudder at the idea. Farts and skin brrr. flakes. Well, you never buy a motorhome with a toilet in it. You'd immediately just no. take that oh, you'd out. You'd have to refit it, wouldn't you? have to hold the whole yeah. thing out. But even though, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not sort of suggesting you just, oh, it comes with the duvet covers, does it? Thanks. I'll definitely have those off you. Well, you hang on. You, you stay in bed and breakfast. I know. I B&B. know. It, it's not a logical fear. You're but just, I just you, you flute. You may recall I'm the man who has a strange fear about birds flying into the side of your head and puncturing your temple with a beak. <laughs> so, you know, not all of my fears are rational, but... I mean, mo- seriously. Second-hand motorhome. <laughs> no. Well, all I can say is um, I've just checked, and the Honda Acti, which was the very small little delivery uh, pickup and uh, vehicle, which I loved. I think it had a two-cylinder engine in the early days. You, you you could buy you could could buy that as a Roma home also. So before the Bedford Rascal was the Honda Acti, and again these are the are these are the loneliest um, camper van experiences available. I mean, honestly, if you were going to go for a cut price Poundland Bear Grills, you just grab one of those. <laughs> Disappear. Hang on. No, Bear Grylls just sleeps in a river, doesn't he? He doesn't need a motorhome. He could go in anything. He just he loves jumping out of a helicopter when the helicopter yeah. could just simply tap the pilot on the shoulder and go, could you go a bit lower? <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of where Bear Grylls... Because oh, Bear Grylls rings you up and goes, listen, I'm going away camping in the countryside this weekend. Do you want to go? And I go, yeah, absolutely. Sounds, you know, all right. Sounds like fun. I mean, what I wouldn't do, say that because it do sounds I awful bring? to me. But and he just goes, nothing. Nothing. It'll be fine. Okay, um... Where shall I meet you? Meet me at the heliport. I'm sorry, the what? Oh, yeah, and I'm going to need 30 grand for the helicopter charter as well. So he saved a fortune because he doesn't have to go to millets and get a tent and all that malarkey. But on the other hand, his chosen method of going wherever he's going away is, oh, could you just fly us over the Quantox this weekend, please? <laughs> In a helicopter so he can jump out of it. Um, and he always cheapest. starts off wet. See, that's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if, if I'm trying to survive... And I haven't got all the gear. The first thing you do is stay dry. Yeah? yeah? You is can't... he wet? Is he wet when he gets in the helicopter? I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I mean, he might have smothered himself in some water-repelling oils. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like a duck! Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, because as soon as you get out of the sea and do your piece to camera, you've got, no, you've got hardly any water on it. It just beads off. In oh, fact, Bear Grylls... Secretly, I don't know if he's into. I don't know if he's into cars. God, we've got up on bond today. I think there's a chance that Bear Grylls is massively um, affiliated with car detailing, because you know you can have all those hybrid coatings and things which repel yeah. all, all dirt, all moisture. All, so he gets himself he gets himself fully detailed before he does a survival weekend. No, I'm just going to rub myself in turtle wax. What are you doing? What are you doing? I've got this hybrid coating, and it's a two—it's a two-bucket procedure. So first of all, I'm going to. 
I'm just going to... Oh, I've dropped the sponge on the ground, so I'm going to have to start again. Oh, I'm going to incinerate all my goods and buy new. And then, <clears throat> yeah, then I'm going to do the, the, the special hybrid coating. So we spray this on, leave it for 25 seconds. Oh, I've just sprayed myself in the face. Anyway, it's okay. And then It's got in my eyes, but I actually quite like the additional hardship st- because I'm strange. <laughs> exactly, it's the additional hardship. Oh, yeah. And he probably, because you know, he's the, I think he's the, the patron of um, the, the Cub Scout movement in the UK. Which yes. I'm really, really um, into because I, I have very fond days of my Cub, Cub Scout days. In fact, I remember them being synonymous with my sort of car enthusiasm kicking off. Um, hmm. uh, but Bear Grylls, I think, yeah, he's on the side. I think he is trying to sort of sell detailing goods. Because, you know, he'll. But he'll now do- you've mentioned it, I'm sort of thinking in my mind's eye when I picture Bear Grylls, he is wet. He's always wet. Unnecessarily wet. What? <laughs> <laughs> now thinking, you've invited Bear Grylls to your wedding, and up he rocks, and he's wearing, as the invitation stipulated, a top hat and tails. But he's oh, soaking he's ringing. wet. He's ringing wet. What are you well, doing? But he'll man? turn up. Why have you done this? Well, he'll turn up in his Toyota Hilux Invincible, and it'll be absolutely <laughs> caked, you know, dripping with big clogged arches with bits just falling <laughs> off. And it will have been a bone dry hot day. And you, he turns up, and everyone's like, "What? What? How have you? What?" How have you done it? Where have you been? And he's just like, what? I've just driven here. Some of that idle sort of wedding small talk at the table as the wedding breakfast begins. And like, did, you, um, <laughs> did you get caught in the traffic on the uh, on the M5 on the way here? And he'll just go, no. No. No, I didn't. Outside and there's his Hilux absolutely caked in mud. And you start to form an impression of why he didn't get stuck in traffic. But you still haven't plucked up the courage to ask why he's sopping wet. Is that your car outside? Did you come in the car? Yeah. Yeah. What, why? No, it doesn't matter. Never mind. Um, I once worked. <clears throat> got to be careful what I say here, but I, I was, I was once asked to be part of a brainstorming session for a corporate video to launch a new car, and they believed that they could get Bear Grylls uh, to be part of it. They believed. Okay. Yeah, there were reasons why they thought Bear Grylls was going to front this. Okay. And along with uh, an old mate of mine who was in the same meeting, we confected this idea of bear being like the sort of leader of a gang of bears like famous bears people in bear costumes basically right the poo yogi whoever we could get oh i okay okay famous like okay fictitious bears right and the the basic idea was that bear would jump out of a plane with all these other bears and they'd all be like a sort of bear special forces but the other ones were cartoon bears and they all parachuted (laughs) down to the car um and bears people said he wouldn't do that right who pitched this did you pitch this to his face no sadly not although i would have loved to have done but no okay okay i quite like i mean i kind of like the idea of it who's yeah i kind of oh yeah anyway it didn't go down very well well apparently it didn't i think i think so it never happened serious it didn't happen no uh, why so serious, Bear? I know, why so serious? I think Bear uh, is, to be fair, I'm not mocking Bear for all of this. I actually think Bear's cool, and I think I think what he does is good. But he does, if you're going to st- start a survival situation, it's, mm. let's say a two, three-day uh, survival um, <clears throat> trek, I don't know what mm. it is, just don't jump into the sea to start just with. Just don't just because it's cold. It. It's cold and it's demanding the sea. It's 
It tries to kill you, the sea. It's beautiful, but it does try to kill you. So, for goodness sake, just get the helicopter, get a longer rope from the helicopter and just drop onto a nearby mound. Or um, just go lower in the helicopter and just, just jump out. Because the pilot's bamboozled. He's like, just constantly insists on being 80 feet above a harbour. Yeah. <laughs> um, there. Um, we'll take your helicopter booking, but listen. I have to insist that when you get in my helicopter, you are completely dry because the demister isn't actually that good and it's very hard to see oh. if one of the passengers is sopping wet. Okay? <laughs> Fogs it up. That's oh, what I'm saying. Bears, if bears, you get in Bears Hilux or Land Rover or whatever bear tools around in, oh, the, the demister, it will be on, the dial will be on number five, wouldn't it? The fan. The fan speed ah. would be deafening to the point where you can't talk to anybody no, in the cabin i disagree because i think bears had the windscreen of his hilux removed oh, he just kicked it out yeah for extra hardship so no Does heating he no heating oh no he's had the heater taken out as well more hardship there i think he repurposed it when he was building a wigwam and he thought I'll just, <laughs> i just i'm gonna i'll use it in some way to create some sort of basic survival heat while i'm asleep inside a sheep's carcass <laughs> <laughs> Still one of the funniest episodes I've ever seen. He actually thought it was logical. He kept a straight face throughout. He found a dead sheep, or it might have been a goat, and he slit it open, pulled out lots of its unnecessary organs and climbed in like his skin sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> I just what like, what are you doing? <laughs> Climbing but, inside a cadaver. No. But, well, a, he's clearly just seen that on Star Wars. And B, an adult man is bigger than a sheep or goat, so he's not gonna. It's not gonna be like a good fit. Well, My so, legs I'm, are now inside a dead sheep. I'll be honest; this hasn't worked out the way I imagined it would. Han Solo did it much better. It's like a pair of awful trousers that's actually just a goat. <laughs> a pair of really horrific trousers. In fact, um, Bear Grylls is working at home trousers. Not that Bear Grylls ever works at home. Um, was he, well, uh, in a way, he's always working at home because the world is his home. Oh. Does he just wear a pair of dead animals? Just yeah, as trousers. Yeah, <laughs> those, those are his relaxing trousers. Or if, like you know, you say he's got a cold and he just wants to feel sorry for himself at home, he slips a couple of um, of of hairs, dead hairs, one on each leg, <laughs> slides them up, and his kids are like, oh, dad, like a, like a kebab skewer. Yes. Oh my God! It's so dark. It's so it's, dark. There was once in one of the Sunday papers, in the, you know, in the sort of su- supplement of a Sunday paper, they'll have a, a page that's um, my perfect weekend with some celebrity or other. And I, I read one with him, and he, uh, he he's got an island off Wales, I think, hasn't he? Does um, he does he live on one of these remote islands where there isn't anything yeah. apart from his house? Well, there's no electricity. He actually says, I, I, yeah, we have an island off, like, it's off Anglesey or somewhere. So it's in the Irish Sea, immediately, brrr, yeah. rainy, cold, no electricity. And he's going through my perfect weekend. We'd be at our, you know, fucking Bothy or whatever it is, on, on our remote island with no electricity. And I'll have brought my guitar. And I just remember thinking, this sounds awful. This sounds like my idea of hell. Trapped on an island with no electricity with a very serious man with a guitar. Jesus Christ, well, I'm going to throw myself <laughs> in the sea. Bed's wife's going, 
I, can we just go so to a Moven Pick hotel, yeah. please? <laughs> can we just go? I want to go to a Moven Pick hotel, order room service. I want a really squishy duvet, yeah. and I don't want—I don't want to jump out of anything. I don't want to leap yeah. down the stairs because Bear refuses to use the elevator in a hotel. Why would you use oh, the just, lift? Yeah, just jumps down. There's just no point. It just does his own rope yeah. access down to the breakfast buffet. Now I'm going to rappel down to the lobby. <laughs> no, please don't, Mister Grills. This is a Marriott. <laughs> going to scare the other guests. Also, Actually, could you dry off for Christ's sake. Talking of um, hotels, I came back from Germany yesterday. I was in Germany just for the day, um, <laughs> filming yes. filming a car, and um, I realised when I went down to London Heathrow Airport, I I've mm. I, I tr- trying to save a bit of money, and I thought I'll park in one of those car parks a lot further away than the other ones that you Ooh. can get for a cheaper price. Yes, <laughs> and. My sat-nav took me down a couple of back residential roads quite close to Heathrow's um, uh, main uh, airstrips, the runways. Mm. Mm. Have you ever seen some of the houses around there? Yes. Some of them, some of them are fascinating. I mean, I, yeah. I've seen some of them are immaculate. That One of them had a uh, 70s, or it might have been early 80s Cadillac on the drive just returning to Earth. Which I thought yeah. we, we've got to go around there and do some filming. We've got to have a, mm. a nose round. Yeah. There were some lots of broken cars, um, but also the hotels right along the main strip. They are so different in their decor. Like one of them is really brutalist concrete, seventy sixties maybe, and yeah. it just looks like a Soviet um, governmental building. And then the one next to it looks like. Um, an 80s Spanish villa, but blown up way bigger than it should have ever been built. Like they built it. I think I know what you mean. Do you know the one I mean? And then there's another one, which I went past afterwards, and I just kind of went, that looks like a really extreme tandoori restaurant. But but again, 15 times bigger than it should have been. Again, I think I know what you mean. Yeah. Because I've been around there, because I've taken my boy plane watching around there, because you can get... In one of those residential streets, it's a dead end, and, and you can sort of, if you can find somewhere to park, there's then a sort of big grass area, and it's right at the end of one of the runways. And if a if a real big one comes in, like a seven four seven or an A three eighty or something, it's really spectacular because you feel like you could touch the underbelly. But would you live it's a really there? Really good spot. No, well, because you're on a flight. I mean, not just on a flight path. You're on the final approach to a major international airport, isn't it? Is Heathrow one of the- like the busiest airport it, in Europe it, or something? It, it's the busiest in Europe. It used to be the world's busiest, but it got overtaken by... It's um, an American airport that's not an obvious one, like Philadelphia or something. Huh. Yeah. I've looked this up quite recently, and I've managed <laughs> to forget it really recently as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. A hub. A hub in yeah. North America. I suppose we mm. should talk more about cars, um, really. About Rich, what? what do you think? Um, I, I, well, I was just going to say, I, I realised I was trying to, because uh, just to finish up the Bear Grylls conversation, aside from the fact that he's always sopping wet, <laughs> um, I feel like he may be, he's not the world's most serious man, because no, I believe no. that the world's most serious man is General Sir Richard Donat, the um, the uh, former head of the British Army, but and also um, Andy Green, the um, oh yes, record-breaking uh, land speed record guy. Yeah, he he is in the running to be the world's most serious man. But I feel like Bear Grylls is up there in seriousness. Well, Andy, I've met, I've met uh, Andy Green twice. 
Um, I'm sure you've met him. I bet you've met him. No, Has he been on Top no. Gear or Grand Tour no, at some no. point? No, uh, no well, I don't think he'd do that because he's. They're, I mean, they're silly shows, aren't they? And he, he's serious. Well, when I first moved up to this area where I live, um, he was the wing commander of the airbase that's about four miles away. In fact, if you can hear a blimmin' plane in the background, it's it will be from that airbase. Hmm. And um, he did a like a, a really small chat about his um, thrust SSC experience in a local. He did a really small chat. Well, I'd, sorry, I'd, as in wasn't well publicised, and it was in a lo- just in a local church at about six p.m. on a Tuesday. Oh wow! And when I first moved up to this area <laughs> in two thousand and three, two thousand and three, I think it was. He'd, he, I saw this going on, and I just went there, and I was the only guy in his twenties. Everyone else was were men in their fifties and sixties, mm. and um, yeah, had a, had a really good really good conversation with him there's someone else who who takes the record of being serious um uh so is it sir ranolf fines the explorer yes yes he is quite serious as well isn't he and he actually um i bumped into him he was lost on um What's that really large royal park in London? Uh, Hyde Park? Yes, it was Hyde Park. And in fact, it was an event. It was a Land Rover event that he was supposed to be um, at as as a Land Rover ambassador. I Mm -hmm. think you were there. Were they unveiling the Evoque, the Range Rover Evoque or something? And I got there a little bit late and was trying to run, kind of take a shortcut across Hyde Park and didn't mm-hmm. really know where I was going. And this you couldn't make this up. I was sort of jogging through some of the trees and stuff, and I saw a guy <laughs> jogging the other way, and, and he was wearing a suit. He was very smart, and I was dressed fairly smart because I think it was a smart event. And he stopped and looked at me, and he said, Land Rover. And I went, yes, yes. He went, do you have any idea where it is? And I went, no. He said, <laughs> he's an explorer. I, he's an expo- I found an explorer who was completely lost, and he was going to his own gig. Which was a Land Rover and Mail. <laughs> and it was in the. I mean, it looked like we were doing some really bad sort of dogging rendezvous, but we weren't. We were, and I well, walked with him for a while. I said, I think it's this way. My phone's telling me it's this way. And so we just walked for about, um, I don't know, a minute or two. And he didn't talk much, um, didn't smile a lot, but he did see me again later at the event. And he did smile at me and said, um, we were going the right way. And that was that. Was that. Mm. Yeah, it's not the best story I've got, Rich. If no, I'm it's, pre- it's pretty serviceable. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, anyway, um, we, we've almost got to call this to a close. What cars did you want to? Well, about we Honda. Um, a car or two. Not being in Formula One anymore. I I, I read that. Now I, I can only hope that they're leaving in order to spend more money on making things like shit hot Cubs and. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know an ele- an electric version of the uh, that really cool was it CRX? If they could make an electric CRX, mm. that would be quite nice. A so. mate of mine bought a Honda Cub this year um, around sort of lockdown time. Oh, and what a what a bike! You know, during this sort of odd year that we've all had, some people have got into like exercise or, or, or found some other sort of diversion. Drinking. Way drinking, way to to you know keep their mind off things or to give themselves some sense of purpose. Yeah, my mate, when he just wants to get out of the house for a bit, he just gets on his Honda Cub and just goes and zooms about for a while. 
That's I think that's fantastic. It's made him so happy. Honestly, you mention his cub to him, and he, then he won't shut up about how brilliant it is. It's it's like it's an underrated form of um, what was it? What do they call it in therapy? Sort of self care. He uh, does. He just gets on a Honda Cub and zooms about a bit every day. Mate, but you know that the motorcycle um, riding is supposed to be really good for mental health because. When you're on a mountain, uh, mountain bike, when you're on a motorbike, you you can't be distracted by as much as what you can in a car. A, you can't talk to anybody. Mm. B, you can't look at a phone really, mm. Mm. Um, and you have to concentrate more because your survival is at risk more. Yes. Um, so actually, I think it's 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 actually quite a healthy pursuit. And I'm not interested in going really fast on a motorbike because I'm not talented enough to kind of stay on it. <laughs> so. I think something like a cub. Can you imagine cub therapy could become a thing? In fact, Honda are the kind of holistic brand that could really embrace that. <laughs> Couldn't they do some c- c- cub petting? Honda yeah. cub petting? I'd love that. The Honda petting zoo. Well, you kind of sit and chat. It could be a you know a men's mental health kind of thing where we all we all turn up. Everyone, you have a little chat. There's a there's a there's a there's a yurt with the coffee machine in it and, and stuff and everyone gets a cub and you get taught how to do basic maintenance and then you you go off on a little sort of trek that's very yeah. slow but fulfilling yeah it's a good idea <laughs> if if honda Rice want to down. take that i'm i am i'm just gonna get a pen hang on there we go yeah i'm gonna get a pen yeah. another business idea you've had two during this show that's pretty good yeah honda so like, honda um, cub petting um get yourself on the old um Dragon's Den. Can you imagine me pitching that on, on Dragon's Den? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of hey, who I've seen worse. Uh, yeah, it's the it's it's when Deborah Meaden just immediately goes in for the jugular with 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 wanting statistics, and you just yeah. freeze and go, "What? What do you mean? What? What kind Johnny, of statistics?" Johnny, 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 Deborah Meaden. Hi. Um, first question for you. Why are you soaking wet? <laughs> oh, it's something I saw Bear Grylls do. I thought it was a good way to, you know, you could remember me then. Had a bit of atmosphere. Yeah. Right. Well, um, let's bring this into land with a modicum of dignity. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm not entirely sure how you do either of those things, but I think <laughs> probably there's a method. <laughs> you can follow podcasts, can't you, in your usual podcast uh, portal or whatever you'd call it, app on your phone or as ever this is available on YouTube if that interests you. And you subscribe to the Smith & Sniff channel on there. Speaking of YouTube channels, Johnny has a solo channel, The Late Break Show with Johnny Smith, which has got lots of nice treats on it, including where? What have you got this week? I, this uh, I've just remember. done an electric Land Rover Defender uh, and yes. a chat with Ian Callum, the designer. Yeah, the chats with Ian Callum, two-part chat with Ian Callum, the uh, former Jaguar designer, also signed us to Martins and Fords and all sorts of good stuff. Um, that was very good. I enjoyed that a lot. Oh, thanks. Two shows uh the second thing i have to tell you is that i still have a book out it's called the medium-sized book of boring car trivia by sniff petrol available exclusively on amazon and the third thing i have to tell you is that polo mints are made in york are they yes i think they are they certainly used to be until very recently you are becoming increasingly like the guy from taskmaster <laughs> just try and add value you really are show to you make really up are for- everything that came before anyway um that is that for this week we're here every monday morning with a new show um oh and uh next week we'll have some news about something else that we're doing i hope 
as well. Just oh, as a, okay. a little a little one-off that we're doing, which might be of interest <coughs> to some people. It's high, if it's you'd rather that we just shut the fuck up and talk about <laughs> cars more often. In the meantime, thank you ever so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh my shitting hell, they're worth real money now. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.